Hey, this is scriptwriter Steve. Today is Screenwriting Saturdays, where we talk everything about story. Now, we are focusing on the Type 1 Reformer personality. Um, this is available on my website at scriptwritersteve.com under Storytelling 101. So if you are just listening to this on the podcast, you may want to go over to my website. That's again, that's again scriptwritersteve.com and head on to Storytelling 101 and then... The little menu, we're just scooting over to the type one reformer personality. Because what I'm going to be doing is I'm just going to be reading off from that. All right. And uh, I'll start reading off of that when I um, get back from these messages. Okay. Okay. We are about to get started here. And um, so how I start these off um, is that I always compare, I like to compare uh, personality types to a car. I have no idea why, but that's how I start off. So we're always going to start off with um, comparing it to what's under the hood, like in the engines, going to the key ingredients of that type of uh, personality, personality type, and then what's their agenda, their fears, and then I'll even try to relate their animals and all that to them too. What type of animals, if, they were, if, the, if this type of personality type were an animal, what type of animal they would be. So I'm just going to start reading, all right? And, uh, and we're going to start that right now. So, what's under the hood? Now, when you steal a peek at the engine of a Type 1, you won't find an engine block, alternator, battery, or any of the essential motor parts to make a car run. What you'll find are hundreds of rule books, a referee whistle, maybe a soapbox, and possibly a megaphone. Oh yeah, I can't forget the much-needed pointer stick which comes in handy to point out whatever you've been doing wrong with your life and what's wrong with the world and how you can pick up after yourself in the morning. If you're thinking a type 1 can be a little bit inner-retentive, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. You know, when they're not their best, they can be the most judgmental, irritating, self-righteous people that you've ever met. But wait for it. When they are at their best, they are the ones, the friends, the family members, the leaders in our community that keep us on the path of the straight and narrow. Now, they can be the ones that help others kick drug habits. They can lead communities to reform their neighborhoods and change society for the better. So, let's go into the key ingredients of a type 1 reformer. Oh boy, I love talking about this because a type 1 is just me. It's actually me. <laughs> okay, so they're self-righteous, morally driven, now, morally driven does not mean that they are correct. It just means that they have a moral code that they abide by. They can be inner-retentive and picky. They're very argumentative, and they're willing to engage in a debate, especially when it comes down to their moral issues. Okay, that moral issue is like a scratch. It's like an itch we got to scratch, okay? Often, lives, often, they often live their life in a box of rules, and they want you to join them, okay? And they love to preach, more so lecture or scold from the soapbox, podium, Twitter, you name it. So that's me. I'm always on Facebook, and I'm writing my status updates there, or I'm on Twitter, like, you know, doing things and telling things like what I think is right. You know what? I'm teaching this. I'm writing this. I'm reforming screenwriting because I think there's something wrong with it. So again, this is this is me, you know, like the type one reformer. I'm just this, I got to fix everything. And even with my other companies, I always have, 
I got to fix it. You know, I'm, I'm just like the rules. I'm, I'm always ha- adding more rules. And when people do something wrong, oh, it just bugs the hell out of me. So this is a type one reformer. Now, what's their agenda? Type ones are driven to correct the wrongs. They are, in their own definition, superheroes, rescuers, saving others from the evils and sins of this plagued world. Now, what are their greatest fears? Ones typically, they draw a line in the sand and choose to decide which they feel is righteous. Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, their line on the sand is right. It just means they draw a line in the sand. Okay, just to make, I want to make that clear for you. So, we draw a line in the sand. It doesn't mean that I'm right. I'm technically, I may think I'm right, right? But it doesn't mean I'm right. So, their greatest fear is sin. And this doesn't mean anything to do with religion. They just fear being on the wrong side of the argument, story, or moral. And this fear of immorality applies not only to themselves, but to you and the world. So, we want the world to be like us. Oh, isn't that horrible? So what is their immediate defense? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is me here. So when a type 1 is triggered, they immediately want to correct what's wrong by taking up a debate or arguing with their moral righteousness. So <laughs> they love to argue. They love to get in your face. Oh, it, and it's like, it's, it's like a drug, you know, to argue for them. They, they love to do it. Um, I don't know why. Um, we're not intimidated by arguing. Trust me on that. We love it. We love it, love it, love it. And a lot of people don't like it either. So who are the type ones in the real world? Now, this is going to get a lot of fun, okay? And I want to tell you, this is all opinion as well. It's, this is my perspective. A lot of people will disagree with it, and it's okay to disagree with it, all right? 100% okay. Everyone has their own perspective. And everyone, when you, you classify um, um, someone with an Enneagram type, it will just help you understand them more, all right? But on top of that, it'll maybe, you know, it'll, it will um, give you a better perspective instead of, and what we always try to do is try to disengage ourselves, you know, you know um, with our diagnosis. So always be careful when you do that, all right? And be open-minded too, because, you know, sometimes you're wrong and, you know, you have to recorrect and readjust. So here we go, back to reading. So who are the type ones in the real world? Law and order is very important to a type one. So many who work in law enforcement positions fit the ticket after they've given the ticket. Ministers in particular are usually a type one personality. So let's talk about politics. Now, President Donald Trump, he wants to make America great again. He wants to reform it. He's a type one. Very argumentative on Twitter. Oh, man, he has to argue with you. All right? And if you say something wrong and everything like that, he just, ugh, he, he has to say something. I remember watching him in a press conference and his, one of his uh, um, associates right there, um, they're a cabinet member, and they coughed. And he scolded them right in front of the associate press. He says, you shouldn't cough right now. You know, it's very rude. If you cough, you should actually excuse yourself. Don't cough in front of you. Don't do it in front of you. It's very rude. So here he is complaining, of, you know, telling his um, cabinet member that because he thought it was rude. And it was rude. It was rude, you know, because that guy coughed right in the person's face. This is before COVID. Um, but still, he was scolding him like a little kid. And this is what type ones do, all right? So Senator Ron Paul, he wants to abolish the Federal Reserve and tax code, also a type one. 
Uh, we're talking about AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She wants the Green New Deal, wants to revolve the environment and everything. Again, I don't agree with that. You know, you know I'm a conservative, but she's a type one personality. And Bernie Sanders is a proud Democrat socialist. He wants America to become a democratic socialistic, socialist world. So, um, you know, he wants to reform America. He thinks capitalism is, an, is, is really bad. Now, I disagree, but he's also a type one. Okay, so it's important to note here that while you agree or disagree with your political views, that is not the point. So we're talking about personality types. So while each of these individuals fiercely disagree with each other, they are strikingly similar in the way they operate. They each have their own code that serves as their foundation of operation, and they want to re reform society in their view, hence type one reformer. And not one of them are truly loyal to their party beliefs. Again, Let's take that, let's, let's also take that into consideration. President Trump, he's not a standard Republican. Rand Paul, he'll go against the Republicans, right? They both went against the Republicans. AOC went against the Democrats. Bernie Sanders, too. So much that like he's an independent. So very different, very different, okay? They're not loyal. They're not loyalists. They're not type 6 loyalists. And all of them believe that their cause is greater than their life. They sacrifice things. Now, you may not think, oh, Donald Trump has not sacrificed anything, but he has. Okay, he's, he's, he has. You really, you know, if you hate him, okay, you know, that's fine. You hate him. But look at the facts. He's sacrificed a lot for what he believes in. He has not benefited from this. So, by the way, Edward Snowden, remember that guy who, like, you know, thought, thought the, and knew the NSA was doing some wrong things? He sacrificed his whole citizenship. So he's, he is a type one. He is a type one. So what is their spirit animal? The male lion of a pride as, is, a, is their spirit animal. As they set the tone and rules, they defend their territory and decide who in their pride stays and who goes. So yes, Musafa, he was a type one. So let's talk about fiction. Let's go into fiction, right? So uh, Captain America, right from the MCU, we all know Captain America, Splinter, from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Leonardo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. These are type 1s. The Punisher, big time type 1, right and wrong. But the way he punished the people who were wrong, he killed them. So Optimus Prime, oh, definitely a type 1. Now Batman's very interesting because Batman is a really unhealthy type 1. He had a moral code. He wouldn't kill. Remember that? He really, really wouldn't kill. And he believed in justice. But man, he was so unhealthy, he didn't trust anyone. Um, you know, Daredevil is also type one, a lawyer. Um, and this is, this is something very important to like kind of like uh, kind of to, to tell you here. There's all different versions of type one. There's more than I can list. And there's all different interpretations. So when you write your character, when you create your type one character, you can you can get very, very creative with it. They can be as dark as Batman, or they could be as as righteous as Captain America. Okay, so, but they all have that thing, that, that compulsive need to reform, which is essential to the, you know, the type one superhero. So one can argue that all superheroes have a lot of type one in them. But remember, not all of them are type one reformers. They're just not. Like Tony Stark's not a type one reformer, right? You look at the Ghostbusters. Which one was a type one? Huh. I think, I don't think any of them were. None of them were. I think Vecman was a type 8. I think uh, Egon and Ray were, were type 6. No, type 5s. 
So, uh, but we'll talk more about those later on. We'll talk much more about those later on. So, um, I don't want to get ahead of this. Okay. So, uh, um, what is their function in life? So, without a type one, there would be no law and order, and the world would plunge into complete anarchy. And there would, and because they are not the party animals, but the designated drivers. They are the unfun personalities that say, you had one too many, or the neighbors who call the cops for disturbing the peace. They're type ones. Ones can view themselves as parents of the world because they think they morally know better, and they may possibly have a point. So you hate them because who really loves referees, right? But deep down inside, you know you need them. Just how enjoyable would professional sports be without rules? Not too fun. A lot of cheaters everywhere. So, their average characteristics. Type 1s can function both as leaders or followers. If they, don't, if they don't find themselves in the leadership position, it's usually because they feel as though they've been called to that podium by a cause or a higher power. That's as a, Again, I'll try to repeat this. If they find themselves in the leadership positions, it's because they feel they've been called to it. All right, by a higher power, like something, something supernatural has got, has gotten them in there. Okay, this is really this is this is as, as all like almost all type ones think that. Okay, and they may may feel it's the only option they have to get things done because they have to be done their way, and they can't stand on the sidelines anymore. That's why they feel this again, divine interventions. I'm in the right place at the right time, and I just got to get things done. This is almost every type one says. I mean, I even say to myself, oh, man, I must be in the right place at the right time to help you guys out. You know, you know, I've, I've been called to do that. Now, I'm a Christian. I think that already, right? But then um, I don't know. Um, is it my personality? Is it my, have to do with my religion? I don't know, but I think that. Okay. So in the case of the type one reformer, they can be both an inspiring teacher at the same time a compulsive complainer. So average ones are what you already may expect passionate about what they believe in working for, you know, for the greater good, and then willing to give their opinion on, on almost anything and willing to debate their point rather passionately and AKA argumentatively. So average ones, they, they do love to complain, point out flaws and to correct anyone or anything that they feel is out of place. And in their mind, it's all for the greater good and maybe even greater for you. So in many instances, they may compulsively correct the ones they care about the most which ironically pushes that person away. So you can kind of see how this kind of works against them, right? And then trust me, I've done that to friends and they hated me for that. So, you know, when you grow, when you, <laughs> see, this is where learning about, you know, the Enneagram helps yourself because you say, you read this crap and you're thinking, oh my God, I am crap myself. Man, I can't believe I'm doing this crap. Okay, so um, triggers of a type one. So nothing irritates a type one more than a personality type that thinks metaphorically rather than literally. For example, if you were to debate a simple law, the type one would give their literal reason why it works. And if you would tell that type one, you think that law doesn't work because you feel it's just stupid. You feel, just feel, okay? Just feel. And you give no reason. That the type one will be irritated to the core because they, they hate the word feeling. Oh, I feel this is wrong. No, they want a reason. You want to reason why? Tell me why it's wrong. Oh, I just feel that way. Oh, they don't want that. Oh, they hate that. They just hate that, and that that just drives them off the edge. All right. 
So the, the type four individualist who, the type four, the personality type who thinks metaphorically and just like <laughs> loves to feel, oh, they drive the type one just crazy. So if you ever have them in a script together, oh, there's like, you know, there's tension there. And in real life, Oh my God, that's it's tough. It's tough. I mean, trust me. I I work in the artist community, and uh, working with you know artists who most of them, I think ninety nine percent of them are type fours. Oh, I have to hold my tongue because they'll think, oh, I just feel this. I why, why do you use that color color for? Oh no, I just feel this is the right one, the right thing. And I mean, you know, I want to know why they use that color because there is a, you know, there's reasons why. You know, red is warmer, makes you feel more hungry. You know, green represents money. Why are you using that for? It doesn't make any sense. No, oh, I just feel it. Oh, drives me nuts. So, the unhealthy type 1. A trigger type 1 will bounce back. Now, th now there's all different versions of, like, um, unhealthy, all right? So, when you're triggered, okay, it's only temporary. That's where you want to be. So, if you want to be a healthy type of personality or a healthy, you know, regular people, they get triggered. That, that's, that trigger just means, oh, you know, this is my trigger. It's only temporary. I, you know, I shot off the bullet, but I'm going to bounce back to healthy. Now, an unhealthy person, they're there almost permanently. So there's a big difference, okay? So a trigger type one will bounce back to their average or healthy person after they cool down. And a trigger type, a trigger type one's trip to the unhealthy portion of their personality is only temporary, like I said. It's just emotionally triggered, It's only, but it's not permanent. But an, an unhealthy type one, it won't bounce back, and it's their foundation. And it would take effort, maturation, realization for them to pull themselves out of that funk like batman is an unhealthy type one that's just the way he operates he's not triggered so now there is a saying that we become exactly what we fear and this applies quite well to all the personality types on the enneagram and in the case of the type one reformer they become un a unique version of a type four individualist so they literally become a metaphoric thinker so this personality will become reserved isolated, living in a box because society is just too irritating for them to deal with. The unhealthy type one will be very stubborn and uncompromising. They can lose their sense of direction. They can get lost in their mind, judging everything and everyone critically. And the lines between reality, reality and imagination disappear. And they can get pulled into a deep metaphoric rule book. And there could be too argumentative to entertain any idea. And that would help them pull them back into the real world. So again, too many rules and going crazy with that. Rules and rules and rules and rules, all right? So, and this is permanent. Like when they're truly unhealthy, it's not good. They're there all the time. So like Batman, Batman, he's just completely gone. And the unhealthy type one may also act like an unhealthy type four, not knowing where they belong in society. Because they just gave up. They just gave up on, we can't fix it, and this, and I don't belong there. Oh, it can get really bad. Again, like Batman. Batman is prob probably the, the best example right now that I can give. So when the type 1 fails um, in any of their arguments, or, or watches their moral code disintegrate in front of them, instead of readjusting, they may feel as though they just don't have a purpose. So, the and then... And there's also other unhealthy versions of them. I think the, the Punisher is also very unhealthy. And um, I wrote a whole review on it. You can click on it in the link there. But that, is, yeah, he's pretty bad, the Punisher, if you ever watched the Marvel version on Netflix. So let's go over to um, growth for a type one. 
So now type ones have an uncanny ability to be happy doing the same thing over and over again. Going to the same restaurant, having the same routine, and even repeatedly watching the same movie over and over again. Now it doesn't bore them because they don't require change. Their superego is fine living life within their own set of rules. So, but for a type one to grow, and it takes a very strong personal effort to break down their walls so they can entertain the mysteries of life. So the type one must take on the positive personality traits of a type seven enthusiast, which means letting go and living out of the box. So many times more than often than not, a type one may need someone to literally pull them out of that box of rules and through that wall. And it helps that the type one now, this is how growth happens. The type one acts more like the type nine peacekeeper, which is like on the wing right next to him. So instead of being very argumentative, very argumentative, they are open-minded or they just don't argue as much. And by them not arguing that much, they become like a type seven enthusiast, which is much more open. Um, you know, and they try a lot of things. Like for me, you know, my, my main growth came from just being open-minded. Um, saying, I want to do this, I want to do that. And that I had some, you know, my really good friend who taught me the Enneagram, she's a type nine peacekeeper. So uh, she was able to pull me out of my shell off, out of all these like um, rules that I had. And then we started doing things like, you know, parasailing and, and hiking and all these things. So it was just great, you know, and, uh, but you need someone to kind of pull you out. That's the thing. So when you have, when you have a, um, you know, you're writing a character that's a type one reformer. You need someone to just pull them out. So Captain in America, he had to have someone pull him out of this box of rules, you know, that he had that was so boring. He's living with rules, too many rules. You know, Batman had to have that, some, you know, someone to just pull him back into reality because he's always in this bat cave, right? Always, just always, always in this bat cave. And this is um, the same for real, you know, type ones in real life. So we can't do it on our own because we're just so stubborn. Okay, so for uh, the ideal healthy type one, for a type one to be healthy or at least more approachable, they must embrace their neighboring personality, the type nine peacekeeper. Oh, I was just talking about this, getting ahead of myself. So neighboring personalities are called wings and they give new meaning to being a well-rounded person. More often than not, it's best that for most personalities to embrace their neighboring personality types, aka their wings. Now peacekeepers by nature are not confrontational. They have a natural ability to settle arguments without intense debates, which is very foreign to a type one. Now, type ones will always have a tendency to be argumentative and confrontational. That's just who they are. But if they embrace the traits of the type nine, that's their wing, they will at least attempt to listen and hold their tongue and possibly have a decent exchange of ideas rather than a fierce debate. Yeah, very much true. Very much true. So embracing characteristics of a healthy type seven will also open up their mind to new opinions and experiences. But, you know, I'll tell you one, one thing here is that you don't want to ever force, you know, the types, um, like from a personal growth pers um, perspective, you never want to, it's easier to embrace your wing than to try to become like a personality type that you're not. So when you're creating a character, don't make them embrace like oh he's gonna go skate you know he's a, such a stickler and we're gonna like force him to go skateboarding or biking or skydiving to make him act more like a type seven um just make him less argumentative and he'll naturally want to do all these other things be because he's a 
the, the box is slowly opening, the rule box, the rule book, and this little box that he made around himself, the walls are slowly coming down. So maybe he would like try something, a different food, then he'll try a different, you know, a, you know, different route that he takes home, and then he'll try skateboarding maybe and really enjoy it. So that's what you do. Slowly make him grow. Okay. So let's talk about the mischaracterizations now. I'm going back to reading. I'm improving a lot of this, by the way. So healthy type 1s often look and sound like type 7s. So when they are unhealthy, they may be char- mis- no. when they are unhealthy, they may be mischaracterized as type 4s. But even if they walk like a duck and quack like a duck, they're not a duck. 7s don't hold law and order as a priority in their life. And 4s think much more metaphorically and out of context than a 1. So type 1s are often mischaracterized as a type 8. They could even be mischaracterized as type 4 or 7, right? But because they can be compulsive debaters, they're always mischaracterized as type 8 because 8s love to argue. They just get in your face. So, But 8s operate from a stance of power than righteousness. So again, 8, when you see a eight, type 8 challenger, and we'll talk about that more toward the end of the personality types. Remember 1 to 9, we're on 1. So 8s at the end. But 8s are like Wolverine, in your face. In your face. It's all about power. And the type one is Captain America. So very big difference, right? But they're both kind of kind of the same where they can kind of like argue. But one, again, the one, uh, the eight is operating from power. Captain America, he's operating from righteousness, right or wrong. Wolverine, you know, I'm, I'm more powerful. Wolverine really didn't care too much about right or wrong. You know, he has had to get pulled into the, that, that direction of right or wrong. But he was always out for himself, and that's what type 8s are always like. So th- that's the you know, very small nuance difference between the type 8 and type 1. And that's why people think Donald Trump is a type 8, because he seems like this powerful personality type. And I could see that. Maybe he is a type 8. But he's not all about, all about, he's not all about power, from my perspective. You know, he's more about doing the right thing. But maybe that's because I have a bias toward him. Okay, so maybe so. I may be wrong. So, back to reading. And type 1 is more likely to discuss and reason their point of view, unlike a type 8, who will use their intimidation to make you change their mind, much like a drill sergeant. Also, 1s tend to follow the rule of law, unlike 8s, who will compulsively cross all lines because it gives them a thrill, or they just don't care. Think Deadpool. So, Deadpool's a type 8. He's very much a type 8. Again, Captain America type 1, Deadpool type 8, you know, Wolverine's, Wolverine's a type 8. A quick example. Oh, I just wrote it here. <laughs> Captain America type 1 versus Wolverine is type 8. I'm getting way ahead of myself here. Okay, we're almost all done, guys. We're almost all done, so stick in there. So working with a type 1, type 1 reformers are great at correcting mistakes and are superb troubleshooters. They will make their projects stay within their boundaries and they won't go over budget. Yeah, it's true. They will have an uncanny ability to tell and spot what's right and what's wrong. And if you have rules to follow, they won't break them. You will either love or hating working with type 1s, and that really depends on your open-mindedness, and whether or not you agree with their code of honor. You're not going to like them if your morals don't match with theirs. And in teams, they tend to naturally gravitate toward the top. And if they feel the circumstances are ideal for them to contribute for something special. So they'll go to the top if they feel, you know, 
there's something worth it for them, all right? And, um, but if they don't, they're comfortable being a loyal worker bee. So un, unhealthy type one personalities and teams are a pain to work with. It is either their way or the highway, and they can split the team straight down the middle if you're not careful. So we've been on this kind of, you know, I've been in, you know, teams before where you have unhealthy, unhealthy type one. Oh boy. You know, I mean, you just like, uh, it divide, they, they are the great dividers of teams. So just make sure, you know, you're working the team. You can spot this right away. You can, you, you'll be able to spot it right away. You, you don't even have to know about the Enneagram and you can spot an unhealthy type one or unhealthy type eight. So last notes before we move on to the next personality type. Um, since you haven't memorized the Enneagram at this point, now as I compare each personality types to each other, you may become a bit lost. I'm already doing that. So that's okay. After you're done learning about the nine personality, personality types, revisit the pages again and everything will make more sense. Huh. I'm glad I wrote that. So, yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself sometimes. So when I start talking about type one, type this, and everything like that, and you're thinking, what the hell is going on here? And I'm going to start doing that throughout the entire course. And, you, you know, so it kind of gets hammer, hammered in. So if I'm talking about a type five or type four, we're eventually going to get there. And then you can re-listen to this podcast and then know exactly what I'm talking about. And so you can go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you need to learn these nine personality types like the back of your hand if you want to become a good storyteller and create those great characters, all right? So that is it for today. Um, that is it for this weekend. And um, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about the type two and three next weekend. And I'll just be reading it there. And if you want to get ahead, just go to my website, Scriptwriter Steve. Um, Look for Storytelling 101. I have the nine personality types out there, and you can start reading ahead. You don't have to wait for me to do the podcast, all right? So thanks for listening, and I will catch you around.